circle and in this final episode of this podcast mini series we're going to chat a little bit around the actual impact and outcomes and things that are all exciting when it comes to finishing off and launching your brand and what the impact is across the business so what happens when you're able to unite your board one time you know when people are all singing off the same hymn sheet so to speak and what happens with the culture of that business because you want everybody to get excited about your brand it's a big deal it's a big change that you're about to go through so let's get stuck in welcome to brand scran a mini-series brought to you by Divided by Brand. Brand Scran talks about brand strategy, and I've got an expert on this mini-series called Alistair Gladstone. And we're going to explore some incredibly valuable and some incredibly interesting topics to help you, as a business owner, understand more about the value that brand can bring to your business. Join me, Dan O'Cock, and Alistair as we co-host this special five-part podcast mini-series, focusing specifically around topics involving brand, brand identity, and brand strategy. So here we are, this is episode five of Brands Grant and Alistair, my co-host, should be there when I say, hello, Alistair. Hello, Dan. I'm right here. How are you doing? Of course you are. I'm good. I'm doing really good. It's, um, I was explaining, it's a bit of a half-term week here, so I've kind of uh, booted my little people out into the street with toys and their other parent, I might add. <laughs> but we're all ready to go. We're ready to record what is the last episode in this mini-series. How are you feeling about that? Um, Distant. <laughs> Lost. Uh, it, it's, it seems to... It's, sorry, I was just shuffling around there. You were. Uh, you were trying to get comfortable. I, was let, I think we'll put... I think we'll keep that in, you know. <laughs> it's just natural. That's part of our brand, right? I'm just to be ourselves. It, it is. It is. I'm surrounded by really professional sound absorbing material um in other words duvet and uh, and yeah no it's 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 flown i think that really you know we've been been doing this sort of five consecutive weeks almost and it seems to have passed really quickly to me which i think is probably a good sign yeah i think i'm most proud of the fact that we've stuck to our guns we've um i think we missed one week when i wasn't very well but um We've created a lot of stuff, a lot of really, I hope, valuable and uh, interesting content for for the good business folk out there to absorb regarding brand. Is that a good summary? I'd love to think that was the case. I would love to think <laughs> that was the case. So we have come full circle and we've tried to at least make it seem like a full circle. And I thought... Because this is episode five, I thought I'd do a little recap. Um, and if you are just jumping in here straight in at the deep end at episode five, first of all, why? Because that's not how numbers of series work. Go, go back, stop, go back and listen to episode one. Um, I'll pop a link in the show notes because you shouldn't start at five, should you, Alistair? It would be a big back to front. Um, and I don't know, if you did, you just have that feeling of, Wow, this is great. I wonder yeah. if I've missed something else great. I couldn't start at five. No one could. No, so go back, listen to episode one. But we, we're we going to try and go... We have come full circle. And 
I thought I'd say why we originally set out to create this mini-series as a refresher to those who've stuck with us and have listened to all of these episodes. Don't have to be, you know, week after week, but, you know, you've listened to them all now. And we originally wanted to create this mini-series to give an insight to um, as many different sides of the branding story. We wanted to talk about brand strategy. And we wanted to go behind the scenes. We wanted to open up what was involved with brand and uh, brand identity, visually, design-wise, and also the strategy side, which is where Alistair comes in. Um, But what comes out of approaching your brand in the right way? Things like, I mean, the topics we've covered is what, what comes before the pretty graphics, the crafted logos, and why is your brand, your most important asset. They were the kind of questions that we, I think, set out or I feel like we wanted to um, help people understand. Isn't that, is that really what we wanted to do with this, Alistair? I think so, and, and give examples along the way as well. So uh, I hope what we've done is, is we've talked um, theoretically, but we've talked practical as well um, because both yeah. of us have... You know, we are. This is what we do for day jobs, and kind of what's the point if if it just remains in the ether? Um, it's all about sort of bringing it down and and looking at looking at impact, really. And and I think with branders, sometimes this like it's shrouded in witchcraft or mystery brand for some people, and so we I wanted to help people get a better understanding. I don't like that term. I wanted to help people. I wanted to help business owners who have like almost become disjointed from their brand. So their way that they, um, perhaps their original idea that they had or their vision, it's there in their own mind, but it's kind of changed. And I think for me, brand and brand strategy and brand identity just really like, enlightens that person again um with their not not enlightened re what's the word alistair when you get to meet something again and you haven't seen it for a long time um i i i, I, I reunite reunite mm-hmm. that'll do it reunites them I was, with I was their about original to say deja vu but i was going to go from completely the wrong tack there so like normally no, you didn't get that one there. I think I, I think I beat you. <laughs> so no, that's what I've. I definitely wanted this series to help um, to for people to understand from your perspective, Alistair, why brand strategy is so important. But also from my point of view as a designer, brand identity designer, um, how that strategy comes to life and the impact that it has yeah. on everybody. Absolutely. And I thought it would actually be good for you to just recap from that episode one which people should should go back and listen to but we did talk about brand optimization and i think i said it sounded a bit like a, a, a 90s piece of microsoft software which was a little bit insulting but it, you know you clarified that and that's that is what you do in terms of brand strategy remind us alistair brand optimization give us those those core yeah those, those six six yeah. aspects um so again i mean this this is this is something that um i dreamt up a few years ago um, um that, that's probably a, a little bit unfair it wasn't dreamt up it, it kind of cohered on the basis of experience as much as anything and you know i've been i've been um talking to organizations to companies about this this brand optimization philosophy ever since and it works so so there was you know a kernel of something in it way back then um essentially it's about looking at six different areas of of your brand um and i'm going to just reel those off if i can remember them all i should do um coherency consistency memorability honesty, provability, and scalability. Um, I think I change the order of those every time I, I kind of reel them off, but but it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. No. And, and the idea really is that if, if we can quote unquote mark our ourselves, our brands, um, 
uh, you know, around those six different facets, uh, then we, you know, we've we've started the process of, of at least thinking about um, how you know how good a brand should be. If we're marking ourselves well for those six things, then the feeling is, you know, we've got a brand which is ready to go, which is ready to take on the market because it will be suitably differentiated. The market will understand it. It will be providing a platform for growth for the business, which is that scalability and. Ultimately, there will be a an authentic story which runs all the way through, which is you know the honesty and provability side of things. Um, and, and and this is your this is your area this is your expertise. You take people through that um, to help them understand and to give them that overall picture, right? Yeah. And yeah, I have exactly. something similar. I mean, it's a it's not it's not complicated. Um, I've actually sort of created my own scorecard to do that i'll pop a link in the comments uh, not in the comments in the um, show notes for this it's a scorecard that similar to you it's got six areas i think mine focus a little bit more around the design and what perhaps they do and don't have as a business visually when it comes to their brand identity because of course that's what i'm interested in but yeah i mark them across six areas um, and it gives them a score and that tells me and them the business people, the owners, the, the founders, where they could improve, where they could add value. And value is that value is that all that invisible factor with brand, isn't it, Alistair? Yeah, uh, it is. It is. It's. It's. Um, I mean, again, I think a lot of the the things that we've talked about might feel quite high concept, but um, you know, we've, we've used the word impact a couple of times in this episode already, and. And, and, and that's because it's it's really important to you know make it happen and and kind of understand what the impact can be absolutely and something that when it comes to brand an area that a lot of businesses I think ponder or or or, or slightly aware of is what the process of rebranding will bring to them that is not monetary like so it's not forget the impact that it would have on sales but what impact will it have to the business owners and i'm saying plural because quite often it's not just one founder or one director that is part of running that business strategically and something that brand is very well, it needs to be part of is is bringing that board together and uniting them um, to really to unite them with their that original vision for mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. and its its mission, its values, and it's very easy to for that business to become sidetracked or to focus on something um, that's less, I guess, tangible. Than the, than the real story that sits behind it and that vision and the values that they set out with. So I thought we'd just explore that topic ever so slightly, that whole how, what it feels like or what you've, what you've come across, Alistair, when you have many directors, it doesn't matter how many, I think, I think the most I've worked with might be three, I think. You probably work with more, but you know what happens in that instance. I guess a question that we'll start with is what when you go into a business and there is more than one director. Um, do you ever experience it where they are completely in it, it not aligned, misaligned? Uh, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you know, a a a board of directors is made up of different people by definition and you know it could be argued that a strong board needs to be made up of, of different people you know in terms of 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 personality traits characteristics and outlooks and, and that type of thing because that that generates discussion debate and you know allows a board to look at the challenges from different directions and that's all part of problem solving which is you know a key facet for a, a board nevertheless i think 
you used the word uniting um, there. It, as far as as far as the market is concerned, the market doesn't want to see a disparate set of ideas. It doesn't want to see a you know it doesn't want to see those debates, does it? It, it wants to find a clear way of understanding the value proposition of the organization why can i benefit from this what problems you know is 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 this product or service going to solve for me and you don't get many goes at explaining that and you don't get much time to explain that so the more cohered and the more homogenous that all of that output is and therefore you know if we track that messaging back to the board the more the board are on point as far as their values and their mission statements and their core message and the promise and all of these good brand things that we talked about in the brand model previously. Yeah. Then you know the more the more united they are, then then the more chance they have of, of um, communicating that single coherent message. Absolutely, and I'll I'll award you the word of the episode with homogenous because Ooh. that sounded very. Very grown up, Alistair. <laughs> it's got four syllables, which is always a sign of something quite grown up, I suppose. I I think I'm oh, here. I, think, I know. I think I'm here in these podcasts just to lower the tone slightly. Just, <laughs> you're always so serious. Not, no, that's not fair. That's usually my job, to be honest with you. But but hang on. Uh, no, but you are right, and I think um, one of the challenges that I. I always come across where there is more than one director is a difference of opinion. And I think when it comes to brand opinion, um, it, it's everybody is, obviously needs their own opinion, but it's making sure that those opinions um, are applied in the right way. And I think you said it in an earlier episode, from a like a visual perspective somebody had said to you um well i I want the logo in yellow Mm. why well because i like yellow so there's an opinion that was just really thrown into that into that mix without a valid reason Mm -hmm. now when it comes to to brand you've got to have that um take yourself out of the equation and think about it as the business the brand it's not something that you're creating it's something that exists completely separate and um, because you like pink or you like blue personally isn't always a good idea to say that's what colour I'm going to have as my you know main corporate colour so for me when when it comes to that when there's many different, or does it, what's the analogy? Cook spoiling the broth. Um, brand is a way to bring everybody um, in line with a, a way of thinking about that brand, and for, that's why I I can't work as a designer on something unless the strategy part and the way of thinking has been um, covered, because without that happening, first of all. You do end up with two, four, you know, five people, directors that all have different favorite colors and fonts and, you know, ways that they think it should be presented to the world, to the to the customers. Do all the strategy first and like you've just talked about, the value proposition, they will have gathered an understanding together of what that brand stands for mm-hmm. along comes the designer and if the design if your designer does things um how i how i approach it they'll they'll talk you through um a proper workshop of style and mood board so they will be looking at or should be looking at the attributes and um feedback that's come out of those strategy sessions to talk to you about the best style to reflect your brand and at that point for me i mean that's when i see i don't like that terms like when the real magic happens but it is where where they collectively then see things come to life and if it's done correctly 
they should all be going, yeah, that's really nice. Or they should be saying, well, what about if we did just make it a little bit less bright and mm. it wasn't quite as in your face? That kind of feedback says to me, we've got these, we've got this business um, kind of united on that brand front. Do you have a similar thing when it comes to strategy? Do you have the, 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 the same kind of experience when you've, you know you've got them, so to speak? Yeah, um, and, and uh, so I do. Um, I think it can it can be an iterative process. It can be, um, you know, sort of two steps forward, one steps back. Um, often, um, but but I, you know, when when I know I've cracked it and I know I've got a great idea, I, I don't know if it's just sort of sheer bloody mindedness and confidence or or, or, or whatever. Um, it sort of sees things through, but you know when you've you've got it that the only thing you need to do is to share that vision, um, which isn't straightforward. You can't just say, "Here's you, you know this, this is this is our purpose, this is our story." You can't just drop those sort of ideas in there like that. You've got to take people on a journey. Um, it's only right, um, but you know that when you've sort of you know got got that story right because it's come from those directors you know those suppliers those customers so it should be authentic that it's just a case of communicating it clearly and and then you do see people generally come on side that doesn't mean that you can't veer 10 or 20 degrees to the left or right you know but it, but the, the kernel of the idea you know if, if, if it's right if it's come from the right place tends to tends to see its way through yeah and you can come back to revisit these things, you know. It, it as well as it that term is of, it, of it being set in stone, it is. But there can be a number of stones, you know. It's not something that you know vehemently it's enforced like the law. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's things that I see as a designer that I wish they were enforced like the law, <laughs> but that's a different story. I think we're ultimately saying that with Bran and when we work with these businesses, you it's just, I, I find it so rewarding when everybody does finally get that moment yeah. of, ah, right, yes. I remember why we set up. I remember why this business yeah. was set up. Yeah. This feels right. This sounds right. And then we, we get that whole excitement again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, far, far be it for me to lower the tone, um, but I, I do want to just pick up on that commercial side of things. Um, you're quite right that you know it's it's it is um, tempting to sort of jump into how, how much is it going to make us and how many leads is it going to generate and this and that and the other and, and you know that that has to be a part of it. Of course, it is. You know, people are in business to make a profit. But profit has two sides to it, doesn't it? It's it's got conversion of high value leads, but it's also about um, working efficiently and taking cost out. The more cost you can take out, the greater your efficiencies, then you greater the greater your profit. And I think that one one thing that I um, see with the boards, the C suites that I work with, is that uniting that board around a brand and uniting the company around the brand can bring efficiencies efficiencies of communication um you know you, you don't have to go around the house to explain your story or your ideas to agencies or stakeholders that you work with or the market it's always going to come from one place so the greater the you know the efficiencies that emanate from agreeing on a single brand all the way through the the less cost there is around you know campaigning for example putting campaigns together because it's, it's going to come from that one solid base um, and the more efficient uh, businesses um, other things remain an equal the more profit it should make as well absolutely and I think that actually leads quite nicely well what I want to do is take us from that topic of being able to unite the board the guys the people the girls the ladies whoever is involved at the top um into the rest of the business because brand done properly should filter down through should filter out 
knocked down through everything that that business does and something that's it's a it's a really big topic that I don't want to go massively into but we have to discuss in some way shape or form is brand culture and maybe that's not the right term it is the right term but brand culture is something that will I for me for me it happens and it shouldn't be forced and the right brand culture will 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 naturally it just it's it's a funny thing you can I'm in my head thinking of all these forced instances where you have a some fake grass and a pool table and all of a sudden we've got great brand culture mm. I think I've said that in a past episode but it's not that it's for me um how the staff feel about the business when they're not there and how they feel whilst they're there that's what brand culture is about to me uh-huh. what about you um yeah I'll, I'll i'm just gonna put this out there so i think um so i know why you're conflating those two things brand and, and culture um so, so I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily talk about brand culture, but I, but I absolutely think that your brand values are your cultural values. That they have to be the same thing because the brand has come from an understanding of the culture of the organisation. So, so, so literally, you know, when I agree a brand model with my clients, it will have brand values there. And I've never had an occasion when when the, they do not inform the cultural values of that organization the brand values are the cultural values so what are the things you know how, how do we want to you know how do we want our brand to be perceived we want to be wanted to be perceived you know the sort of words that will come up you know passion and honesty and integrity and all these sorts of things well the culture is the same you know because as ethereal as the culture might feel um it, it, it is coming from you know from 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 the top down and from the bottom up um, so, so you know, I will literally, having agreed those brand values with um, a board of directors, you know, my next stop might be um, HR, for example. Yeah. You know, after having launched the brand and communicated and, and explained it, all of those things, it's like, right, okay, so how, um, what does this mean for HR? Well, it means we've now got a set of values that we can recruit to or a set of values that we can appraise to, or discipline to, or, you know, whatever that is. Um, and, and that's like, you know, by that point, it is the culture of the organization it is. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. So, so I, you know, I, I see, I see exactly why you've, you know, you talked about brand culture there, um, the, the, the one and the same, I think. And I think the uplift that can be gained from you know, nailing your brand and communicating it effectively can, it is exciting, you know, it is motivational, um, you know, it's right because, you know, if, if, if your workforce isn't feeling motivated or excited about hearing those messages, then, you know, they're not the right cultural fit for the organisation. Yeah, and, I, and it's not that you can necessarily convert people because sometimes there's instances where people just aren't the right fit for the business. Yep. Well, that's a whole different side of things. We, we definitely just get HR involved with that one. But no, we want to give that business the um, the, the tools, the um, whatever you want to call it, the the reference point, that area of what the what the what the business stands for, what the brand means to that business, and. I think I love how you've picked up on that HR side because I think with HR, someone like a department like HR, there's a if they've never had that before, they've pro- they've quite possibly just come up with their own way to steer who's a good fit, and then what happens, I would imagine, is that you've got someone who runs HR and a director who runs the, the business thinking completely differently 
and this is what we were just talking about uniting the board but what we're talking about there is now uniting the entire business yeah and so what else happens is a word that I say a lot when I'm talking about brand and how it feels to to rebrand or to launch a brand is to gain confidence and and I think that brand is one of those like what superfoods of confidence there you go as a little analogy it's the it's the blueberries mm-hmm. of business <laughs> Yeah. I'm not gonna, shall I do any more food analogies? No, no don't, because we know where this, this, this will end up in, in fish sweets, so please don't. Um, but I think what you're saying there is is that it's 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 a way of supercharging things, isn't it? It's it's you know yeah. it's, it is a tool that is often left undiscovered in the toolkit, um, but but without it. So I mean, just going back to the comments you made before about, you know, some people might not be the right fit for the organization, but if you haven't, if you haven't expressed your values, brand cultural values across the organization, how, how do you, how, how do you quantify or how do you qualify whether a person is right or wrong from the business? Yeah. It becomes, a subjective discussion and you know that's that's you know hr are never going to be the winner in that in that really are they unless it's an egregious <laughs> situation that they're in but if you have you know if you are able to sort of bring everyone back contractually you know to to how we want to live our lives how we want to you know run the business and communicate it then you've got you've got you've got that anchor in place and you've got something you can tether um, those discussions too, and therefore they become um, more quali- qualifiable. Yeah, and I think actually there's a spin-off from this, which is that when brand is done correctly in its most powerful form, that you HR nearly are out of a job. No, they're not out of a job. Your business should attract the right people for you full stop mm-hmm. because right. they should understand you know looking at your website engaging with materials that you put out and etc etc that, that what exactly what you are and who what you stand for mm-hmm. and so when they come to that interview they should know they should be a good fit because they're like oh, I really want to work there and when I look at the brands out there that are doing really good jobs in my opinion I, you know, I look at them and I go, ah, that, that's an awesome brand. They're doing it really good. I even like, I like the sound of them. And that's for me when everything's on point. And I obviously haven't spoken with those businesses. I'm not going to give examples, but I would hope they've done their brand homework, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one example that I might want to chat about briefly is... Um, Possibly Brewdog. And mm. I know they've had a rough ride of it of late. And they've kind of gone, they're lying low a bit now. But um, that was an example of a brand that was incredibly successful, but it gave off a vibe and an understanding of what you would expect to get. Of course, the press um, came out with it otherwise. But before that, um, I definitely felt like I had a sense of what that brand was about. Do you know that brand, Alistair, or not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've read the the book, and um, maybe it's something to pop in the show notes there, but um, I can't remember the name of the book, but there's an excellent um, review of, it's probably gone about four or five years now, review of, of, of how they, you know, how they launched it, all of the... Uh, sort of the public relations stunts around it, like driving a tank through London. Um, the, you know the 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 fact that they literally wrote, you know, what they stood for in um, huge letters in the foyer of of, of the factory, and, and you know there was no getting away from from that brand. It was it was disruptive. It is disruptive. Um, uh-huh. 
and it, it's there to sort of um, to, to really sort of question the status quo, I suppose, isn't it? Um, I guess the other thing about BrewDog is the, the product's got to be good, and it is. Um, you know, okay, so that, again, it's subjective, but it's it's uh, it wins because you know the the experience that everyone ends up with having you know engaged with the brand and bought it and paid good money for it is good as well, isn't it? So it's not let down by the by the product. Um, I, I think there are two stories with you know to the whole whole BrewDog thing because what's happened in the last yeah is 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 not good <laughs> you know no. um and, and 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 maybe they didn't keep on top of it well, who knows yeah i mean I, I think when you go out to be as disruptive mischievous you know whatever you want to call it as that then you're always opening yourself up to, to to risk as well um but but yeah i mean from a design point of view as well you know that they're, they're um you know that whole craft beer thing is is you know the, the kind of outrageous designers fairly durable these days, but they were they were quick out the traps, weren't they? Probably yeah, they're, ten they're years ago now. They definitely set a, a benchmark in that. So I thought that was worth throwing in there and, and having a chat. That's when that's when everything works up to that point of um, it not working. But yeah, they, they'd got it right in my eyes and. Um, mm-hmm. Another brand that I have given an example before of that is is Red Bull. And we don't have to go into detail on that, but I Red Bull as a brand, I think, again, have... I understand them. Um, you have an impression of what they are. If I, went, if I went for a job interview at Red Bull, I'd have a preconceived idea. And I, I don't think I'd be disappointed. But do you think Red Bull would be another good example? Yeah. Um, so, so where, where, what Red Bull have been really, in my opinion, really successful at is, um, so Red Bull's an energy drink, right? And yeah. So whenever you see Red Bull um, out out there, you know, from from a kind of a sporting perspective, campaign perspective, whatever you want to call it. It, it's linked to high energy activities. Obviously, yeah. Formula One being an example, and the um, you know the stunt planes and all this sort of stuff. So, so you think of where Red Bull, and immediately the words that spring to mind, I think, are um, kind of being audacious, being high energy, being daring, yep. you know, winning. All of these, all of these words are mm-hmm. subliminally. In your head when you're thinking of Red Bull, and, and and that that's you know they've carved out that area and they've carved that out because at the end of the day it's an energy drink. So I think if you were going for that job at Red Bull and you kind of slovenly came in and you slouched down on the chair and you know you didn't you didn't absolutely ping it, then you're never <laughs> going to get that job because you're you, you're not evidencing those values, are you? No, and my brain creatively went to. How could I arrive at a Red Bull interview in the in the most audacious way? And I thought I would parachute, parachute through the window point. of the interview room. You would. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you want to make sure the window was open. Well, no, I thought I'd just smash through it. Oh, Bruce Willis style, right? Proper okay. diehard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah. might even wear the John McClane vest. As well, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> you'd just get the job, wouldn't you? That would be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be like that was great. Here's the job. You're From hired. A&E. Once they pick the glass out of my feet, I'll be <laughs> hired. <laughs> no, I, I think they're good examples, and um, people that are, are, are on point with their brand. I think what I'd like to do is move on to the next topic, if I might, please, Alistair. Let's do it. Um, from culture to customers, two C's in a row. Not much of a segue, but customers. What does brand do to boost customers and sales? Because this is all about. I mean, this is we're talking about brand at the you know once it's launched. This is the impact of that brand. What impact will a business see to their customers and to their sales having gone through a rebrand process? What kind of stuff do you see happening? Okay. Um, 
Now then, I what I always do is I involve customers um, where it's appropriate. I I involve customers at the start of of the brand process or the rebrand process because their opinion on what you know business X stands for is is as or if not more uh, relevant than than what the board of directors opinion is. Um, and again, we're back to sort of ugly babies, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah. So you can find out a lot by speaking to suppliers and, and customers right at the start of the process and aggregating those views into the story. Um, and and when you do things that way round, when it comes to launch, uh, all, all of a sudden you find out that, that, that they're on side and they are willing to be um, hopefully advocates for that brand because they're seeing some of their involvement in the story and if we got it right it will be authentic and therefore they'll get it so I think the first thing is, is kind of topping and tailing the whole process at the start and then making those customers a big part of that you know that 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 um, that launch you know the campaigns and the communications that come out but I, I, you know, so that's one area. I think the other area is is um, because it will feel authentic to them if we've got it right. Then it will it will be exciting. You know, it is the launch of a brand is an opportunity to market itself. It's it's meta like that, isn't it? You know, it is an event to be campaigned to be marketed, and when you do that, you will get customers. Hopefully, if you've got it right, going yeah. I understand it. I get it. It's brilliant. If you've got the design side of the right of things right, that you would get involved in, then again, you know, it's 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 an opportunity to to, to celebrate that as well. It's a big deal, isn't it? You know, for everybody and anyone involved, it is a big thing to happen. Yeah, it should be. Um, if 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 we've got it right, and if you know we've kind of followed the rules that we've talked about in these podcasts, then. Um, it, it should be a huge deal. It's a big, big opportunity. And I'll just reference because you said going back to um, ugly babies. That was an episode three topic. So go back and listen to episode three if you're wondering where that reference came from. But boosts to, to customers and sales. Sales, it, like you just touched on marketing. The sales side of things is where everybody can get their teeth into stuff if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's that moment of um suddenly having something visually to work with Mm -hmm. something something that is tangible to feed your marketing people with so that they can you know be consistent with style, be consistent with messaging, be consistent with tone of voice all of a sudden. There's like a moment with sales where it doesn't happen instantly. I think a bit like riding a bike, you do have the stabilizers there to begin with. And once they're off, you go a lot faster. It's a bit like that with a brand to begin with. Once you understand it and, um, get to grips with it, then you're off. Do you think? Um, uh, the way I see this, it, so salespeople will think, "God, oh, great, we're going to get a new website." Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being deliberately um, provocative and reductive there, but let's face it. You know, yeah, a, a new brand means a new website, and and often that is, you know, the first port of call for existing and, and clients and prospects, isn't it? And, and we want to be proud of the new website. And again, if we've got this right, then we will be. Um, I, I think that beyond that, the salespeople will have a, a unified language to refer back to, yep. which is very, very powerful. But if we recall one of those brand optimization targets is memorability and memorability means to me, it means differentiation, right? You can't you can't be memorable if you haven't stood out from the crowd. So if you're if you've now got a sales force that are armed with a brand which is differentiated from the competitors through memorability, 
then that that is you know they're ready to fight the war aren't they because they've now got a a a look and a feel and a language and an authentic way of saying this is why we're different this is why you should be speaking to us and not company z further down the road absolutely and i think you have to make sure that they've been trained and brought up to speed with what's gone on but then once they have they will feel more confident with their their role um the product or service that they're selling there'll be this well there should be that sense of like yeah come on then that's actually the that's the magic that we deliver that's the essence of why that was set up and why we're selling what we're selling there should all that should all be suddenly like reinvigorated or reawoken within them if they, mm-hmm. if they didn't have it there before and i think we'll round off this episode by just maybe talking about some examples of what we've seen mm-hmm. uh, with some of the clients that we've worked with when it comes to those um that all that let's say three to six months after the brand has has gone out there what kind of things have you and your clients experienced overall? Who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go first. I've got an example of that. Um, so I worked with an organization in 2020, um, training company, great at what they did, but what they did and who they are was opaque because you know we haven't been through the process yet and that's fine. Um, what what I did with them was, you know, again, you know, through using the process that we've talked about, discovery and competitor research, I presented them with two, maybe three options that were all, you know, all all kind of equally sort of meritable um, as, as to as to what their brand should be, what their brand story should be, and without naming the organisation. We, we ended up on the theme of light, um, light as in shining lights. Yeah. Not as in lightweight. And um, now, f- the, one of the reasons why we, we ended up with that was because of the, the, the name of the organization. Again, I'm, I'm going to be careful not to name them because it wouldn't be right. Um, but, but, but having alighted on that theme, what we suddenly realized is that we had we had exposure to a whole vocabulary that just hadn't been thought about before um so when it came to three to six months further down the line and we were campaigning you know we were putting money behind google ads and social media ads and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. The, the vocabulary was using words like brilliance and like illuminating, you know, all, all, all from all from you know that that decision that we took six months previous. So you've now got a situation where the vocabulary is is interesting yeah. and is um, is um, is homogenous to use that word again. But it's memorable. It's distinct. You know, it is. It is um, marking them out from the crowd. The graphics that you can use, you know, the creative treatments that you can use around that theme of light and brilliance, is 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 great. It lends itself to you know, sort of bright colours and lights and you know, a fantastic creative uh, treatment. And and you you know, you've got you've got a sense of of those campaigns breaking through and being accepted by the marketplace because i'm going to click on you know that google ad that talks about you know illumination i I don't want to go to a dark website i want to go to a website which is invigorating which is you know talking about shining a light on things and and therefore um you know it's successful and market goes yep like that let's find out more let's uh, engage with this and let's click on that call to action and i think I love all those points. And I think that that is a good example of a business that chose to work with the right, um, I don't know whether they had a marketing team in or they worked with um, perhaps freelance individuals, but if you get the right people who who understand a brand and 
will take it and run with it, but in the right way. That's when it, that's a really good example that they took the initiative and understood it right. And if you had a, if you had a brand director, that would have been his, that would have been his um, Mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that came out a number of months down the line means that somebody somewhere has really gone back, looked at the work that, that had gone in and, you know, took the time to understand mm-hmm. and go with it. So, yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they have a playbook, you know. Um, I think is the is the vernacular these days. I've never really understood what a playbook is, but I think I do these days. And it's, you know, that that is, you know, that that's where that's there to make sure that the there is going to be consistency, isn't there? Yeah, I think it, it probably it sounds to me a bit like a sporting reference. Like I imagine. A playbook, um, something that a coach would refer to, um, like let's say American football, yeah. they'd get the playbook out to run a certain play to achieve a certain goal, yardage, whatever it wants to be. When you say playbook, that's what I've, that's my vision of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. go on with that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've got an example I think I'll pop in is for. A business that I rebranded maybe a little while ago now. Let's let's just pluck a two to three years ago because I can't actually remember the year. But they were a multi-million pound business international, and I rebranded them. They'd they'd had a go at it themselves. I don't know if you've had that before, Alistair. Um, they they thought they could do it, and it was starting to drive some barriers up between various people and you know they weren't it wasn't working surprise surprise so they, they wanted an outside expert to come in and i came in and talked to them about what we could do and you know do that whole onboarding and we thought yeah we can do this as a project now they had a big ambition and a big um a very ambitious growth uh, plan for the next five years and um, the brand was very much part of being able to steer them in the right direction to to hit these figures that they were after and long story short we did the design work this is from a uh, an identity point of view but we did the strategy part as well um, so that they understood we didn't go quite as in-depth because I wasn't working with you at that time, but even still, you know, we needed to understand what the brand stood for. But we delivered the identity. And what what we saw, because I just wanted to kind of pin it back to that whole um, impact that it had on the business. This business had, I'll be again guessing here, 200 employees at at one particular plant they were a big manufacturing business and what they experienced was that everybody all of a sudden wanted to talk about the business more Mm. there was signage was changed um things would things started to be decorated around the place um there was talks about how they could even give their brand culture a name. And that was a project that we went on um, to develop. So in other words, they suddenly realized that their business stood for something. They wanted to give it, um, they wanted to give it a name and something tangible that people could refer to. So if I was to go back to Red Bull, an example would be that if you work at Red Bull, you must have the Red Bull X factor to work with us. They don't. I'll, I'll add in there that that is not what Red Bull do. But what I wanted to say is that this company wanted to say to their employees, and their employees were already talking about it. When you work with us, you've got this, mm. this quality. This is what you have, and they recognised that off the back of this rebrand process. That there's there's a certain quality of that each the certain quality that each person that works here carries. And so we worked on a campaign to get that communicated more effectively throughout the company. And there was little challenges that came around that would help uh, the employees understand what it actually meant. 
um, to have these these um, brand qualities, if you like. Mm-hmm. Th- that meant that um, the brand identity was embedded actually on the building. There was things that we did with the walls. There was wall art went up. There was they have big machines. There was designs that went on some of these machines. And what ultimately happened, from my perspective, is that people started to feel proud. Mm-hmm. And I've I mentioned that at the end of all my podcasts, and I say, look, if you're not proud of your brand, how do you expect anyone else to mm-hmm. be? That's how I end it, and I don't, I didn't just dream it up. It does sound good. Um, it, it it stands for something when it comes to brand. It's you. If you're not feeling proud, then there's a whole host of like detrimental things that start to happen. Um, and for me, if you don't pick up on that what happens is there's this it's a poisonous culture right at the opposite end of the scale i don't want to go into that one but if you're not getting it right and things aren't feeling right at work can get can get pretty horrible (laughs) so i wanted to put that in as an example i wanted to talk about that say to say that it'd be one of my most impactful design projects that i'd worked on and that's why I do what I do, Alistair, because I feel in a way that I've helped a community of people to be happier at what they do and strive for something um, that they all believe in. Sounds a bit cheesy, but it is that in a way. Does that sound cheesy? Uh, no, I mean... It can do, but uh, you know, I don't think it's cheesy. What, what's remarkable about, well, as, 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 you know, it comes back to the word pride, doesn't it? You know, it's interesting that you use that, and obviously we round the podcast off with that. Um, but you know, that that's a it's an it's an unquantifiable thing. But if there is a mechanism there, if there's a process that's been through that has resulted in pride, then there's nothing cheesy about that. What's remarkable about the story you've just told, I think, for me, is it was it's a manufacturing company. Now it's it's you know, manufacturing engineering, they're not the sexiest of sectors to be in. And you know, they, they are difficult, I think, when it comes to um engaging with with branded, you know. So yeah. so the, the fact that they've been through that process. You know, kudos to them for taking it on. And if the results were as great as you've just described, then then there's, there's nothing cheesy about that for me. Good. Well, I think that we've given we've given our um, good examples there. And I think I'm looking at my timer going, crikey, we're on nearly an hour. Done an hour again, Dan. And I'm a bit sad to say this is probably the well, it will be the last time, certainly on Brand Scrand, that we're bringing this episode to a close um who knows what will happen next though hey eh? it's been good though eh? it has and i I'll, I'll take this opportunity to thank you for being on the mini series and very much steering um the direction of it and um coming up with a lot of the suggestions of the the topic and overall structure um it's what i wanted these mini series to be as i produce them with other co-hosts there will be more being produced but for you to come and spend the time uh, sharing your expertise with myself and the listeners has been very valuable to me very valuable i hope to everybody that's listened so i'll say i'm I'm saying it publicly it's now going to be out there forever alistair thank you for coming on the for coming on the series for producing the content it's it's been an absolute pleasure it's been great thank you for i mean you are a consummate producer dan it's been <laughs> ace i wouldn't know where, where where to have started but you know really a lot of the good stuff's just fallen out of us hasn't it we haven't we haven't studied this and you know we haven't followed a script or anything like that it's just kind of it's just falling out and and i think that's that that's uh, it's been great to be a part of and hopefully it, it, it's going to be great for people to listen to absolutely and as always check out the show notes for links to both alistair and myself um we're both active on pretty much most social platforms um if you want to get in touch we've got both our website links on there um if you've enjoyed this series 
keep an eye on Divided by Bram. There'll be other series coming out. Um, and I think we will round everything up and I'll close with my, my statement, which I've already alluded to, which is if you're not proud of your brand, then how do you expect anyone else to be? And I'm going to let Alistair probably close the show, but Alistair, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Dan, it's been great. Thank you too. And thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs>